up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Hope you guys are all doing well this evening. Thanks for taking some time out of your evening to hang with us. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, we have Chris Stuber over there. And behind the scenes, you can't see him, James Gale. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Doing well, Rob. How you doing, James? How's everything going out there in California? Hope you guys are having a good Thursday. Things are great out here. Beautiful weather. Yeah, we had a gorgeous day. day here. Yeah, 80. 80. 86 here in Florida. So, so yeah, spring is here, I believe. It's crazy though. It was like 39 uh, two days ago. So that's rough. <laughs> it's the Midwest life. Midwest yeah. life. Well, I'm a northerner. I'm from Philadelphia. I know what that's all about, but I'm happy down here in Tampa, Florida. All right. Well, we've got a big show for you guys. As always, we've got box breaks from Upper Deck and Panini America. We've got uh, three great video segments, including parts three and four of our 1991 flashback sports cards phenomenon of the 90s and also got a great story about a negro league player who was able to see a dream come true and uh we'll take a look at this week's new releases and who knows what else well lots of hobby happenings but uh let's kick things off with tonight's go gts live q of the week poll question this one came courtesy of a la chris stuber so chris why don't you divvy it up there sure with the nfl draft one week away from tonight which top rated quarterback are you most excited about collecting anthony richardson bryce young cj stroud and or other so far 65 votes we have with one hour left so if you haven't gone out to the go gts live twitter account go ahead right now and vote for this and currently with just an hour left rob 40 percent cj stroud with bryce young at 33.8 percent anthony richardson at 18.5 and then other 7.7 percent so it's a very interesting poll that we have, but still a lot of time left to weigh in on this poll. And hopefully we have a little bit more of a increase in votes. Oh, I'm sure we will. We always do when we put the call out there. Um, someone who we did leave it up for other. Obviously, those are the big three, but yep. um, I think we had somebody go with who we had had on at number four will levis yes where is he out of he is out of kentucky kentucky interesting acc guy um so i'm curious to see if bryce young is another alabama produced nfl ready quarterback so uh, I think that's that's where I would vote. How many how many besides Jalen Hurts, are there any other Alabama quarterbacks in the league right now? Tua. Tua, Tua Tagla Biola. Yeah. So he's still is he still the starter in Miami? He's still the starter, although he's had some concussions. He had, okay. I believe, three concussions last year alone. So he Gosh. actually recently even stated that he thought about retiring from the NFL. Especially after having that many concussions, it only makes sense. Oh my sense. gosh, you've got a he's got one a long life ahead enough. of him. 
Yeah, I yes. mean, he's beyond young, so... Oh. Yeah, I mean, Alabama guys don't always translate. Also, you have Mac Jones, too. So that's another Alabama. Gosh, guy. that's right. So, so it's insane. So if yeah, Bryce Young actually lands somewhere and ends up being a starter, that would be like four. Is that right? Off the top of my head, that's what I can think about. Wow. Yes. I mean, if you want to even <laughs> A.J. McCarron, he's in the XFL right now. He's a starter. But. Um, yeah, I mean, Alabama's a powerhouse. Now, not all of their quarterbacks translate to the NFL for whatever reason. And while we all think that Bryce Young seems to be likely the top pick in the draft, there's a lot of concerns about him with his size and how is he going to translate to the NFL. I mean, you're talking about a kid who's only about 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, and 170 to 175 pounds. He's the smallest quarterback to ever potentially be the top pick, and I think to ever be a starter in the NFL. Hmm. Now, C.J. Stroud, um, am, am I wrong on calling him Justin Fields light? I think Justin Fields is a better prospect than C.J. Stroud. But yes, I do think that them coming from the same program, it kind of goes hand in hand that there's going to be comparisons to them. But I do think Justin Fields is a better player overall. Yep. But I think Stroud That's why I has, said, yeah, yeah. I think he has the ability to be a light. good player. Yeah, he's just in light, but he's not as good, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how both of those two fare. And Anthony Richardson, where's he out him. of? He's out of Florida. Uh, you, you don't see kids like this every day. He's a freak. So the one thing with with Anthony Richardson is that he's very raw. He doesn't have that many games started. His completion percentage isn't all where you want to see it, but in terms of... He's a big guy, though, right? He's about 6'4". Yeah. Um, he jumps out of the gym. He's very fast. He has all the tools that you look for in a quarterback in this day and age of football. But again, he's a raw kid who's going to have to probably sit for a year. But long term, he could probably be the best of the bunch. All right. Well, yeah, do weigh in on that poll question. If you haven't done so already, give it a retweet to your friends and followers, and uh, we will update that later in the program. Uh, but for now, we have a lot going on to talk about in, oh, you know, a little segment we like to call Hobby Happenings. There's a lot going on with news, notes, and nuggets from around the web. And we'll kick it off with a couple interesting vintage finds. Hmm. We start with two really interesting vintage finds as detailed by Sports Collectors Daily. A New Jersey hobbyist was recently shopping around an estate sale trying to find some vintage Beatles vinyl for his daughter when he struck up a conversation with the owner of the home being downsized. After the dutiful father mentioned that he was into sports memorabilia, the man took him aside and pulled out a rubber blanket out of the closet. In it were reversed images of 1956 Topps baseball cards. Hmm. Well, it turns out the unusual item was used in the creation of the second series of 1956 Topps cards being number 101 to 180. Shroud-like images of Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Harmon Killebrew, Duke Snyder, and others are visible 
two of each, in fact. See, the blanket houses the reverse images of cards that would make up nearly two complete sets, uh, short eight cards. A total of 15 Hall of Famers can be found upon close inspection. SC Daily's editor-in-chief goes on to explain that in the offset printing process, a series of rubber blankets is used to transfer the images from metal negatives to whichever type of material is being used to print on. Each blanket adds another color to the process, so the newly discovered blanket was the final step to adhering the players' names and faces to the blank cardboard canvas. The owner told SC Daily to think that this piece of rubber could be responsible for most, if not all, of the 1956 Topps Mickey Mantle cards in existence is pretty remarkable. And we say indeed it is. Huh. That's really, really cool. Um, if you've ever wondered what it was like when the wrapper came off of a 72-year-old baseball cards, you're about to find out. Sports Collectors Daily reports that Heritage Auctions will present the first group of cards from a remarkably high-grade group of 19, 1941 play ball cards in its upcoming May sports catalog auction. Co-signed over the winter by a longtime collector who had acquired them in the 1970s, the best cards were submitted to PSA for grading. Three cards came back as gem mint, doubling the PSA 10 population from three to six. The three PSA 10s, Cecil Travis, Eldon Auker, and Walt Judnich, will be offered in the auction. According to Heritage, there were dozens graded nine, including several that have been the only examples ever graded at that level. Hall of Famers Chuck Klein and Bobby Doerr are among them. Hmm. Look at those things. They're cherry. <laughs> it's amazing. Upper Deck announced a new exclusive trading card deal with the United States Football League, otherwise known as the USFL. Through this agreement, Upper Deck serves as the sole producer of officially licensed physical and digital trading cards, featuring the league's current athletes and fan favorite moments on the field. Jason Mashera, president of Upper Deck, said, USFL is an exciting addition to our roster, especially to expand our offerings for one of the most popular American sports. We're always on the lookout for ways to deliver fans unique products that capture their favorite sports, players, and plays. So we have high hopes for this trading card set and all that the 2023 USFL season holds. In addition to the cards currently available on the company's EPAC platform, this summer, Upper Deck will release a USFL box set of 25 top player cards and five cards capturing major highlights from the 2022 USFL season. Collectors will be on the lookout for rare parallels and randomly inserted autograph cards of their favorite athletes. The USFL box set will be available at local hobby shops and retailers nationwide. Leaf Trading Cards provided an update from some outstanding football card redemptions. Last week, Leaf tweeted, the agent for Bryce Young has informed us that he is currently signing to fill all redemptions. Thank you for your patience. We hope to have a solid update next week. They also said that redemptions for George Pickens, Chris Olave, and Drake London are all being completed in-house and are now shipping out to collectors. 
With the NBA playoffs here, Panini wanted to remind fans that their annual Panini Authentics NBA playoff promo is back. Shop now on the Panini store and use code PLAYOFFS23 and check at checkout to receive 25% off on NBA autographed memorabilia. Nice. We had a ton of fun opening getting it. Um, sorry, we had a ton of fun opening and getting a look at Marvel Annual from Upper Deck last week. If you're like us and like to nerd out on the behind the scenes product development aspects of the game, be sure to watch the most recent edition of the company's stream on Twitch called Just Chatting. Street Fighter was one of those games that many a kid saved quarters for all week to go down to the arcade to play. Now, Cardsmiths has announced that their next series of premium trading cards will feature the iconic art of Street Fighter, the world's best-selling arcade game. These are licensed by Capcom and showcase the characters that fans have come to love from the game. This is Street Fighter's 35th anniversary year. The release is very timely as Street Fighter VI is releasing June 2nd for game consoles and a new movie has begun production with Legendary Studios. Street Fighter Series 1 trading cards is made up of a 52-card collector set, including um, art from the game, as well as many uh, new, never-before-seen art and great subset cards, including swimsuits, stages, power moves, and versus dual-player premium cards. Street Fighter Series 1 trading cards are available at www.cardsmiths.com, GameStop stores, as well as leading trading card distributors and retailers located throughout the world beginning May 24th. Rob and I both love hearing stories about people turning their hobby passions into a career or successful business. In this short clip from an upcoming episode of the Card Life TV, host Matt Strom talks with Jarrett Cavley about how he and his wife, Camilla, uh, found a pristine auction in 2010 and grew the business from a spare bedroom in their house to operating two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Watch this. It started pristine in 2010, and before that, living here in Phoenix, I'd like run around bugging all the ball players, yeah. getting autographs. So I did that for years, just in like even grade school, junior high. Accumulated a ton of stuff. Never wanted to sell any of it, but you know when you get like 30 Tony Gwynns, yeah. at some point you're like, you know, I don't need 30 Tony right. Gwynns. 28 um, of them is probably good enough. Yeah, 28 is good. Yeah. So eventually, I yeah, started selling a little on eBay and realized, man, that's some pretty good extra money. Still love the hobby. Always do. Still do. And then got a little frustrated with some of that, those policies, and so I moved to like some auction houses. Uh, liked some things about them, didn't like about others, and then eventually, I'm entrepreneurial, so I'm always having like crazy ideas. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was just one of those ideas I spit out to the wife, like, hey, why don't we try an auction house? And she's like, okay, let's try it. Be your own boss. Um, yeah. But so in 2010, we started it, um, and I started it really with my own collection. Okay. Um, and one or two auction cycles was kind of my own stuff, and then pretty quickly we got some consigners, some really good ones that started to fill in the auction for us, and uh, it just kind of exploded from there. Online selling platform Mercari announced the availability of USPS first class envelopes, a shipping option for sellers of trading cards that provides a form of tracking. The new offering is obviously very similar to eBay standard envelopes. 
In an email to sellers on Monday, Macari said USPS first class envelopes is a prepaid label option exclusively for trading cards. The low cost shipping label includes tracking and Macari shipping protection up to $20. Macari noted that sellers may need to update the Macari app to see the new shipping option. Well, we all love that mail day feeling, and now sharing your mail days might score you a $100 Beckett gift card. Get in on the action by sharing your latest Beckett grand or authenticated items on social media with the hashtag, hashtag Beckett mail day, and you'll be automatically entered into a bi-monthly drawing. Very cool. Yeah, that should say Beckett graded. I don't know what happened with that word. There. Ah. Sorry about that, Chris. So yeah, it's exclusive for uh, BGS mail days. Just wanted to put that out there. Or if it's BA. on the prompter, I read. I know it. <laughs> BGS or BAS. So your autographed or uh, uh, autograph authenticated collectibles from Beckett or Beckett graded cards. Sure. Well, as we mentioned last week, while super high-end modern cards are seeing a market correction, vintage and retro cards are hidden gems with big upside. Another recent example from Card Lighter is the 1995 Fleer Ultra Michael Jordan Gold Medallion in a BGS 9.5, of which there are currently only 11 cards with that grade. It notched a record high when it sold for $1,975 on April 16th of this year via auction on eBay. The previous high was just $527.23 being achieved on May 31st, 2020. That's an increase of 274.6%. Even more astounding, however, is that since the card first began tracking on the secondary market in 2011, with a sale price of just $190.50, that's a total increase in value since that time of nearly 937%. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. SGC and Layton Sports Cards have teamed up for a first-of-its-kind hobby experience. On April 25th at noon Eastern time, they will be breaking, grading, and revealing 2023 Bowman all on one stream. Although the break is already sold out, we encourage everyone to stop into the Layton Sports Cards Twitch and YouTube streams to check out this groundbreaking hobby event. I have a feeling other graders are going to follow suit. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the TriStar Autograph Pavilion at the National Sports Collectors Convention has always been known for its robust lineup of Hall of Famers and fan favorites. However, one critique has been its recurring list of players without enough new signers included in the mix. TriStar has taken this to heart in recent years, and this year's lineup includes not only numerous regular favorites, but the absolute largest list of first-time signers at the National in recent memory. Some notable names from the NFL include Mike Allstott, Champ Bailey, Larry Zonka, Chad Johnson, as well as Darrell Rivas, Fred Taylor, and Charles Woodson, just to name a few from the early signers list. Additionally, from MLB, look for Jeff Blum, Kirk Gibson, and Scott Rowland. And from the NBA, Joe Dumars, Walt Frazier, Bob Love, 
and Sydney Moncrief, with more expected to be added the closer we get to the show. I like it. In honor of baseball season being fully underway, Ultra Pro is hosting a giveaway on their Twitter feed. Five lucky winners will receive everything shown here. To enter, simply follow them at Ultra Pro Ultra Pro Supply, like this post, and tag a friend. Winners will be chosen at random on April 26th, and no purchase is necessary. Good luck to all. Well, this is easily one of the coolest, most insane, and expensive set completion product, uh, projects I've ever seen. Watch this. I just flew all the way across the country with some of my rarest sports cards in my collection just for this right here. But before we get into it, let me get these cards out and show them off real quick. I've got four boxes absolutely filled to the brim with some of the rarest soccer cards you'll ever see. Now, every World Cup, Panini makes a set known as Prism. And what makes these cards right here particularly special is that these are the gold Prism cards, meaning there's only 10 of every single player made. Trying to get one of these of any player is tough, but me trying to complete the 300 card set is nothing short of ludicrous. Here's Gakpo, one of the more expensive players, about 2,500 bucks, and a PSA 10 Julian Alvarez worth about 10 grand. Now, there's about 140 laid out on the table here, and you're probably now wondering, so why did you fly all these out here again? But first, I have a submission of grades. I'm getting back for the first time about 30 new golds I'm adding to the collection. Taking a look at your grades here, they're honestly not quite what I hoped, but thankfully we did hit one pretty nice one in this Saliba PSA 10, one of the nicer rookies, as you see all the tens here now why we're actually here let's pack all these cards back up and i'm going to leave these cards with the psa staff who's going to take them to their highly secure 24 7 security vault where they're safe insured and in good hands told you <laughs> so just how close is eric whiteback aka the collectibles guru on twitter to completing the gold prism world cup set all graded psa well, to date, he has 232 of the mm -hmm. 300 cards. Wow. Absolutely beyond impressive. Wow. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. I couldn't see that video, but he has 232 golds of 300. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> all that's numbered insane. to 10, all PSA slammed. Wow, that, that's incredible. That's that's a lot of money spent by that man. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. His tweet even started off saying, I know I'm in or something like, I know I'm insane for even attempting this. <laughs> but you know what? He's come very far. I mean, much further than I think anyone could ever probably get. Wow. If he ever got all 300, that is quite an accomplishment. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Uh, so, so last week we showed you parts one and two of a 1991 um, TV show produced in Canada called Sports Cards Phenomena of the 1990s. We finished it up with parts three and four. Here's part three. When we come back, we'll update the poll question. It's hard to understand, but what, what, from what he tells us all the time, that collecting is in his blood. But we, it's like it's hard for us to comprehend that because we think of the, the dollar signs like anybody in their right mind would, would think of the money, but not my dad. He just, uh, 
just wants to keep collecting. Can I say something about him? Oh, yeah, he's he's a fanatic. Yeah, and, <laughs> and nothing will change it. And uh, if he ever passed away, I couldn't sell it because he'd probably haunt, come back and haunt us. <laughs> just like I said, it's something that's in the blood, and uh, I want that's something that I probably was born to collect and never never sell them. Never sold them since I was a little kid. And now that the hobby's even gotten bigger and they realize now I, I, the way it has changed, it's even made you want to keep it even more than before. The way it's turned. With all these little kids getting into it, it brings you back to childhood. Geez, I'm, am I ever lucky that I've still got this stuff and never sold it or let it go years ago when I could have turned it over. Because I used to go down to shows down the States. And I found out the prices of stuff there, which they didn't know anything in Canada on these cards. I could have easily taken that stuff when I was going to shows to the States and sold it all down there. My Mantles, my DiMaggio's, my Babe Ruth cards, all of that stuff could have been all gone if I wasn't really into it as a, you know, a real avid collector. And I've still got it, and thank God I have. Well, that's when you know that you really made it, when you get that first uh, baseball card in the big league and you find out that uh, you, know, you, can, you can have something you can take home and uh, like paste on the wall and say, oh, I got my first, bubble, my first baseball card. But that was a big thrill. And just in case they don't believe that you ever made it to the big leagues, but uh, you, know, you got the proof right there on the back of a bubblegum card. We're basically working around the clock uh, six and a half days a week producing hockey cards at the moment. I would never part with my Nolan Ryan rookie because it took about three years to get. I would never part with my Darrell Sutter card because he was my favorite player and I have every one of his cards. Yes, it would be my Gordie Howe card from 1950, 51. Sergey Fedorov because his card will always go up and it's so high right now so I would never sell it. Anyone who's serious about collecting cards will recognize this name. I recently went down to London, Ontario to visit the headquarters of Opeachy. It seems odd that a company could be based on a pink piece of gum, but that's the story of Opeachy. Eighty years ago, the McDermott brothers began the company. Gypsy Gum was their first product. And they chose the name Opeachy from the poem the Song of Hiawatha, written by Longfellow, and it's an Ojibwe, Ojibwe Indian word meaning the robin. And maybe at that time, uh, it might have been a, a kid's phrase, Opeachy, it's Opeachy Keen, so hence the word Opeachy, and that's uh, stood the test of time, and it's still known as the Opeachy Company. The first set of cards we manufactured, as I understand it, were hockey cards in 1933, called Series A which made sense, I guess. Hockey was becoming popular at the time, and uh, it seemed like a, a good way of selling more gum. And uh, we've seen the, uh, the card gum business grow tremendously in the last couple of years. Five years ago, uh, hockey cards probably represented 5 8% of the volume of our business. Now, I would suggest it's closer to 
30% of our volume of business. Probably a big influence in the uh, hockey card collectible business in North America was Gretzky being traded from Edmonton to Los Angeles. I mean, here was a, a, a number one sports figure in North America leaving the comforts of Edmonton, taking on the challenges of selling hockey in California. And uh, being the individual he is, uh, people flocked to him, not only watching hockey and television and going to the games, but uh, then getting into the collectible market. Maybe the people realized, hey, Wayne Gretzky's rookie card was valuable. Along with success comes those who want to cash in on a good thing. The first counterfeit card showed up three years ago when someone began to produce a fake Gretzky rookie card. Opeachy notified the vendors and collectors, but it didn't stop there. Unfortunately, last year, uh, Brett Hull's rookie card from 88-89 appeared, along with a couple of other players, another Gretzky card, and Joe Neuendijk. And again, we spotted those and told the trade how they could uh, spot a... Uh, a uh, counterfeit card. So it's, it's a concern which we have. We are diligently attempting to find the source. We have private investigators are constantly working on it and uh, we will get to the source. All right, we'll finish part four at the end of the program. All right, updating that poll question. Uh, still a relatively small sample size, 92 people weighing in, but Bryce Young still leading the way at 40.2%. CJ Stroud at 37. Still time to weigh in if you haven't already done so. All right. Um, before we dive into our Panini Box Break segment, I wanted to show some highlights from our Twitch subscriber exclusive <laughs> break on Tuesday. And be sure you go check. It was the pinned tweet for a long time. A um, couple people still haven't claimed their prize yet. So if you are a Twitch subscriber and are watching, please go back and uh, look for that tweet. We pulled some absolute fire in this <laughs> out of these two half cases from pieces of the past. A one of one Franklin Delano Roosevelt document wow. relic card. A very nicely themed triple document relic mm. from Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea. Cool. We pulled two bar cards, including a Founding Fathers with Washington Adams, Jefferson, and Ben Franklin, including a portion of an army contract. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's neat. And... James and I both, both thought this one was pretty cool, too. How about four of the original Gilded Age moguls, Rockefeller, Carnegie, Vanderbilt, and Morgan stock hmm. certificates card? Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah. They do such a great job with these cards. But that wasn't even... The fire. The fire is the next two cards. How about a thousand-year-old Greek mm. coin? Wow. Look at that. And even older than that, we wanted to pull one. We did. Uh -huh. A fossil relic. 
a pterodactyl tooth fossil relic. That is fantastic. Yeah. Jurassic Park, baby. I love it. So, yeah, definitely cool. All right. At the top of the program, we told you about a Negro League player who had the opportunity to see a dream come true. It's really a remarkable story uh, from an upcoming segment of the Card Life TV. See, one day a player who pitched for the Indianapolis Clowns of the Negro Mm -hmm. Leagues walked into the office of a small trading card business and wanted something he'd never had before, his own baseball card. Watch this. Early in 1996, Jim Burgess started a trading card company that specialized in making cards for local sports programs, businesses, and police units. A little over two years later, Pedro Sierra, a star pitcher for the Indianapolis Clowns of the Negro Leagues in the 1950s, walked into his office. Pedro Sierra walked in our office, and I didn't know Pedro's background, nothing. He wanted some trading cards, and he had been a Negro League baseball player for the Clowns and the Stars back in the 50s. And we became really good friends, and I was doing uh, some trading cards for him and and then some of his friends, just so they could share their stories in the community. But as the roster started to grow, more and more people were coming in for them. I had like 10 Negro Leagues players from the D.C. Baltimore area that were coming to me for this card that we had put together. Um, I thought maybe we could do something bigger. Pedro and I drove down and we met with probably 16 Birmingham Black Baron veterans. And I asked them, a couple of them had already got cards. But I asked the rest of them, if I was to do something really big and inclusive and and create sort of a tribute, would would you all participate? And they all said, absolutely, they they would love to do it. We grew to 59 players all total in May of 1999. First trip through was 5,400 plus miles in 18 days. We probably stayed at a hotel three times, four times, because we didn't have any funding. It was into rest areas, and just to get a quick nap because we had to go to the next place and and I didn't want to miss anybody. We had to take photos and we did interviews and got all their backgrounds and we created the cards and then we had to go back out when the cards were finished to get them autographed. I left some of them boxes of cards so that they could start signing and, and selling so that they could make a little revenue off of this while we were putting this together. February of 2002 is when We did the autograph tour. We picked up all the autographs. And you might wonder why all these guys are showing up as older men in these cards. They're they're not in their playing days because a lot of the guys didn't have pictures for one. And I thought it would be very cool to say, they waited some of them 50 years to get this acknowledgement and and they were ready for it the way they were right there. And so that's why I chose to just do it that way instead of mixing them with younger and older pictures. But trying to package it in such a way that we could tell this story, you know, put a, a presentation together to celebrate Negro Leagues baseball by showcasing their careers. And eventually it came together. This is the legacy collection. It comes in a a cigar style box it's made of solid ash and when you open the box you'll see there's a certificate of authenticity there's a storybook inside 
that tells the story from the very first cards we created. We have the autograph cards that set inside the box, autographed all the way through Juan Armenteros. James Bolden is one of the players that had passed away before we got the autograph, so he's represented with a foil stamp. Before we even got the cards finished, four guys had passed away. Average age was probably around 75 at that point, 70 to 75. And, and now, like I say, there's only eight left, and, and the youngest of those is uh, 83. The only way really that we could tell the whole story was to package the whole story. We promote people investing in a trading card collection or a presentation to be part of the story because our mission is to honor their effort and preserve their legacy. And we can't preserve their legacy if, if people don't know about them, if, if they don't participate in it. So we just like to see that they see value in this story and, and become part of the team. I log everybody into our inventory list. There's only 600 pieces that are for sale. That's it completely. It was something that, that needed to be done and I got the chance to do it. And I was blessed to be the one um, to be able to, to do this for them. Great story. Mm -hmm. Love seeing things like that. All right. So in addition to uh, Shang-Chi and SP Authentic, we have a handful of other new products to tell you about in our weekly Hot in the Shop segment. We kick it off with a collector favorite that's really grown into its own in recent years, Panini Revolution NBA Basketball Cards, which is going to deliver four rookies, four inserts, and eight parallels in every box. A now familiar brand to the collecting community, Revolution makes its return to the NBA hardwood, offering a variety of parallels and inserts and a variety of autographs to chase. Boxes have eight packs and five cards. Chase randomly inserted autographs from superstars, legends, and 2022 NBA rookies. Look for four inserts in every box, including Vortex, Rookie Revolutions, Shockwave, Supernova, Liftoff, and the popular short printed Prime Time Performers. And to get four rookies in every box from the 2022 NBA draft class and a variety of parallels. Those parallels can include everything from Astro, Groove, Fractal, Cosmic, Sunburst, Future Frame, Cubic, Lava, and Galactic. The checklist is up on GoGTS.net. Next up, we have 2022 Clearly Dunruss NFL Football Cards. It delivers one autograph card, one insert, two parallels, plus eight rated rookies and eight base cards in every box. One of the most anticipated releases of the year. Clearly Dunruss is loaded with all acetate autographs, parallels, and inserts from the best of this year's stellar rookie class. 
16 boxes, four packs, and five cards is the configuration. Look for bold autographs and clearly rated rookie autographs, including rookies such as Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Chris Olave, Drake London, and many more. An acetate spin on a fan favorite rookie card for clearly the rookies and a autograph parallels as well. Search for fan favorite inserts and their autograph parallels and clearly my house, clearly the rookies, clearly champions, and clearly highlights. Hunt for case hit acetate inserts and gridiron marvels, night moves, downtown, and the all-new case hit, nuclear, as well as their one-of-one hollow platinum parallels. The NFL's biggest heroes are in gridiron marvels, which has a nice comic book spin. An all-new short print in 2022. Look for the explosive hit, Nuclear, once again. So, brand-new case set that you want to take a look at. Collect a 50-card all-acetate base set, which has the biggest and brightest stars in the NFL. A 50-card rated rookie checklist, which has this year's top rookies. And also, two parallels in every box. The checklist is on the website. Check it out. GoGTS.net. All right. And from the gridiron to the pitch we go with a niche product for one of the most popular European teams or leagues rather, La Liga soccer cards in the form of Panini Select for the 2022-23 season featuring all 20 La Liga teams. Every 12-pack box has three autograph or memorabilia cards plus seven inserts or insert parallels, nine unnumbered base parallels, and five numbered parallels in every box. So three autographs or memorabilia cards, chase autographs from the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Gave, Eduardo Camavinga, and more. Four autograph sets in select signatures, select signatures, pitch side signatures, and autographed memorabilia, plus four memorabilia sets, select swatches, jumbo swatches, select memorabilia, and dual swatches. Seven inserts or insert parallels, including equalizers, select future, select stars, and unstoppable. Four different ultra-rare limited inserts, stained glass, artistic impressions, visionary, and team badges. And what's great about those, you're going to get one in each case. And with hmm. a 12 pa or a 12 box case, uh, one in three boxes should have one of those rare inserts checklist is up on gogts.net for this as well 2023 panini prism undercard wwe trading cards delivers one autograph card 12 inserts and 22 prism parallels in every box prism returns with another main event level release for wwe collectors and an all-new version loaded with exclusives 20 boxes, 10 packs, 9 cards is the configuration. Chase throwback signatures that feature the top superstars of yesterday, today on an iconic 2012 Panini Prism design. Look for autographs from a plethora of stellar superstars. Sensational signatures is also another one you'll take a look at. 18 inserts and parallels. Ring royalty relive the iconic kings and queens of WWE. 
prismatic entrances. Some people just know how to make an entrance, and this stunning insert set is what you want to see. Uh, WWE's finest legends will be established and enshrined in WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, look for an abundance of colorful undercard exclusive prism parallels that feature the best WWE superstars yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Look for all new base variations that showcase some of WWE's top superstars. Check out the checklist on GoGTS.net. Undercard, it's a brand new subset or i should say a uh spinoff of panini prism for wwe and last but certainly not least we bring you a debut release product from leaf in the form of optichrome basketball cards optichrome is going to deliver five autograph cards in every box featuring stunning chromium technology so five autograph cards across various sets, uh, an amazing spectrum of generations of players like young stars like Scooter Henderson and Benedict Matherin to NBA superstars like Steph Curry and DeMar Rosen. But you can also chase autograph cards of NBA legends of Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson and Jerry West. Plus, look for Chevy Chase autographs from Fletch. <laughs> look for new themed insert sets such as Monsters of Rock 2023 Draft Odyssey, Dropping Dimes, and a hobby favorite, So Money. Plus, be on the hunt for rear dual and triple signed cards as well. Checklist for this is also on GoGTS.net. And that's a look at what's hot in the shop hot at your favorite breaker or online retailer. All right, we got a handful of winners to give away this evening. We're gonna put Chris to work while you guys watch the final segment of Sports Cards Phenomenon of the 90s. In front of you, you see uh, five 1988-89 uh, Brett Hall rookie cards, of which three are real and two are fake. And uh, they've done a good job uh, of counterfeiting it, but if you look very closely on this card, which is the real one, there's a ye little yellow dot up on the uh, pin. And on this one, which is the fake, there is no yellow dot. And the difference being that on the real one, uh, there was a dust mark on the negative, and it was transferred to the printing cylinder, and as a result, on all of the real cards, there is that ye little yellow dot up in the pin print. We pride ourselves as much as possible in having our cards 100% correct, both the fronts uh, identifying the player and the statistics in the back. And if an error does occur, uh, it is our policy never to correct that error and to reprint that card. Uh, if there's an error in that we see right at the start, that error will be through the whole run. Even if we make a second run of the card, we won't correct that error. After 58 years of producing cards, Opeechee has a few rare collectibles of their own. In some old boxes, they found some old baseball cards. They put them out on display until someone realized what a find it was. And then I had somebody who was knowledgeable on cards uh, pointed out to me that this was a, a 1952 Topps baseball set. And it, of course, is one of the first sets of cards uh, manufactured. And this is very rare in that it's a uh, uh, unopened box. 
of uh, Topps cards, and uh, somebody said that this may be the only one in existence. Now, how true that is, I'm not sure. The value of the Mickey Mantle card varies from $7,000 to $40,000. A complete set is probably in the $50,000 range, so whether this unopened box is worth $50,000 or $100,000, I don't know. I guess it would be the uh, only way we'd know that is, is if you sold it and what the market would ask for it. Uh, my major concern right now is that some of the prices, the retail prices of cards have got a bit expensive for the kids and maybe they're not having the fun they used to have when I was younger, such as throwing them up against a wall, playing games, putting them on their bike, trading, saving uh, goalies, saving specific teams. Now it appears that the kids are buying them specifically for their financial value and immediately putting them in a plastic uh, sleeve and putting them away hoping they're going to gain in value. So my concern is that the kids aren't having the fun that they should be having collecting baseball and hockey cards. The quality of cards have improved over the years. This year there will be 528 cards in all. Nice to see that some things never change. This year there will be nine cards, a Soviet insert, and yes, a piece of gum. Station J, Toronto, Ontario, M4J, 4Y1. Next week on Sports Cards. 1985, Brett Saberhagen won the Cy Young Award. And of course, the Royals winning the uh, World Series. And uh, this was the uniform that he wore uh, in that series and also uh, getting the Cy Young. And that was, uh, I think, for my 23rd birthday. 1952. Joe Black, $200, $250 card. It would be in mint condition. There's creases on that card, which reduces the value to about $50 to $60. Well, that's it. The premiere edition of Sports Cards, the phenomenon of the 90s is, well, I guess it's now a collector's item. We'll be back next week with more. And until then, I'm Teresa Hergert. And remember, keep on collecting. Sports Cards, Phenomenon of the 90s, has been brought to you by Tim Hortons. You've always got time for Tim Hortons. Opeachy, suppliers of young Canada's favorites. And Pepsi, it's got what it takes.
Thank you, Chris. Thank you, sure. James Gale, behind the scenes. Thank you, Upper Deck and Panini for providing tonight's prizing. That's going to do it for this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Same bat time, same bat channel. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. And most importantly, always be collecting. Good night, everybody. <laughs>